Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Welcome back, weekend fantasy update. Cam Stewart, George, the Curse. We are for our final hour, Cam, until tomorrow when we're back from 11 to 2. I'm also here at 8, yep. 8 a.m. to 11 tomorrow with Joe Galina on the Roto Experts in the morning. And Joe and I are going to have a little, uh, a little discussion. And as Joe believes the Yankees should sign Dallas Keiko, where I do not believe so. So we'll discuss nice. that. Later on in this segment, we're going to talk to Sean Angle, the Prince, about little NASCAR here. Uh, Liberty Finder on. Uh, on Twitter, asked us to uh, talk to the NASCAR, so we'll talk to the Prince. We'll yep. talk to the Prince about some vroom vroom, little vroom vroom. Then the second segment, we're going to have vroom. Ian Khan. Vroom vroom. Second segment, we'll have Ian Khan from Rotowire on, talk a little, uh, once again, Dynasty Fantasy Baseball, or just baseball in general, actually. And then our last segment, Cam and I'll give our picks for uh, the spread today. Twelve hockey games today. Uh, big, uh, big slate today in the NHL, even though I, I think I'm going to give my word and I won't. I won't actually. I'll put some lines together, but I don't think I'll actually submit them. I'll give my word to my buddies and uh, won't be watching my phone all day. I guess, I, I guess it annoys them. Yeah. But uh, suck yeah, it up. I, I don't care. You know what? No, no, no. Don't tell those guys to get cable, George. Your, your buddies are living under a rock. You come over there, they're, watch, they're not even watching sports. So I'm on your no, side for this the, one. Yeah, it, it, It's your job. It's your job, I think buddy. the friend's house I'm going to, I don't think he has a TV. Not one that's hooked up to oh, anything. Great. Anyway, I think he has one that's hooked up what to you, What are you going to play? Snakes and ladders tonight, or <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons? No TV. I'd lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I don't I honestly. Don't if I didn't have a TV, one. I don't know what I'd do. I'd, I'd snap. That's. I have like seven in my house. TV. I have three in the main room for crying out loud. So uh, yeah, yeah, we. Uh, I don't. I don't think I get by that either. Hey, and a little public service announcement for everybody here. Remember to set your clocks ahead tonight. 2 a.m. We uh, spring oh, ahead yeah. here, so you lose an hour. So I get really screwed, by the way, because I'm not getting home until after midnight tonight, and then I lose an hour, and I have to wake up at uh, like 7 for the show tomorrow. Yeah. So, you and Joe uh, the Fish Galena t- tomorrow. Yeah, you had Joe's Fish Market uh, real, really early there. Uh, the, the, the deliveries are in at 7 a.m. instead of 8 a.m., George. That's, that's early. That's a, that's a lot of work uh, down at uh, Joe the Fish Galena's market there. It's uh, tough. It is. He likes Keiko, does he? So, uh, yeah, the Yankees I don't know if he likes Keiko. I don't think it's fair. He, wants he, likes for, for, he likes him as a as a stopgap for the injuries that are happening with pitchers now. Basically, kind of an insurance policy. That's what he's thinking. But my problem is this: okay, the Yankees sign uh, Keiko. Hey, you're going to sign for three three years minimum, probably more than that. That's what he wants. And uh, the Yankees are already at 226 million, so now you're putting on closer to 250. And not that I'll get 24 million, but it'll be over 240. And you don't want him two, three years down the line here. Well, he's just not going to be. He may not be any good this year, more or less the next couple of years. But anyway, my bigger question is this: What do you do when everybody's healthy? Uh, who's sitting? Who's not starting? That's not going to go over well. 
and you really don't have any room in your bullpen because your bullpen's full of aces. So well, exactly. what are you going to do here when you have six starters for five spots? I mean, I, I, listen, personally, I, I don't think the Yankees should have signed CeCe. You know, this is his farewell tour. Like, they yeah. were cheater. I think that was kind you of You understand, though. It's, I it's do understand. Like a, it's a life service type of thing, you know. It's like, hey, 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 you know, it's CeCe. Carbs and calories. We've been doing it all. You know what I mean? He's been he's been that guy, and it can, it's almost like a loyalty type signing. But I'm with you. Like I, I wouldn't have signed Sabathia either. I, I agree with you 100 percent, George. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have done that. But uh, once again, that'll be what Joe and I will just uh, will debate that tomorrow, as because he believes the Yankees should. Uh, you know, we heard, and I was a little surprised by this, uh, Cam, that the uh, King Felix Felix Hernandez will not start opening day. Get the starting 10 straight for Seattle. He won't start opening day this year. And, you know, what are your feelings on this? Me personally, Seattle's going to be a bad team. Why wouldn't you let him start? Yeah, that, yeah that's I, I, I do agree with you there. When you look at King Felix and the things he's done for that organization over time and, you know, the King's Court and everything, yeah. Like, who are you, Seattle? You're not going anywhere anyway. They're a team that's going to be pretty bad, in my opinion, as well. Let the guy go out there, and he's been amazing in your organization for years. He's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. Hell, he gets older. I get it, but show the man a little bit of respect and let him go out there and, and twirl it. Like, I, I'm i with you. There's, so so what? Well, what are you going to do? Start so, start somebody else? Paxton isn't even there anymore. Like, you know exactly. I mean? So who, Who's the starting problem? above him? What's the problem here? Well, who on that That's roster like, deserves a starter with Felix Hernandez? Yeah. I mean, are you signing the Japanese import Kikuchi? I don't think so. Marco Gonzalez? Mike Leak? Wade LeBlanc? I mean, really, who start? I understand Jota yeah. Sheffield long-term is probably your best pitcher, but he's not starting opening day. Yeah. He's probably not but making he, the rotation. He's also, and he's also put in his time, right, George? It's one of those things that's like, and the other guys, yeah. And you say it, like, Mike Leak, okay. You know, serviceable MLB pitcher, but he's, he's nothing special. Wade LeBlanc, same thing. Like, these guys are journeyman pitchers. King Felix Hernandez has been doing this year after year after year. Sure, he's not the same pitcher. The velocity is down. The strikeouts are down. I get it. But you know what? The guy threw smoke for years. Like, what do you want from the man? And he's still on your team. You throw him out there. He's your starter. I think it's a bad move by Seattle. It sets a, it sets a bad tone to start the year. I agree. I mean, listen, I would understand it if they were going to be competitive this year. Okay, you got to go with your best. They're not. They're not. Right? They're, they're, they, they're, they've already signaled that. They traded Paxton to the Yankees, Cano and Diaz to the Mets. They pretty much threw out the white flag here. Okay, we're done this year. You know, we're, uh, we'll worry about next year. Uh, you know, we'll worry about next year, the year after that. Uh, so that, that's what it is for me. I just thought, I, just, I understand he's not, he's not the same pitcher he used to be. You know, he's not. You know, and uh, he's maybe not even very good anymore, but still. I just don't see any reason why you wouldn't throw him out there. I would, I would think the fantasy, I want to see him as well. He's their hero. So, uh, that, I said, surprised that they went that direction here. And, um, you know, the sad news of the week. Somebody who uh, you and I both saw, I imagine we both saw a pitch. I think I've seen him live, actually. Man, once again, it shows my age. But uh, Tom Seaver, diagnosed with dementia. Yeah, uh, it's horrible. Like just just from somebody who knows George, like in my family, it's uh, with my uh, great aunt and stuff. It's uh, it's been an issue. Uh, my dad my dad had a little bit of a problem. He's getting better now. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, dementia is a horrible thing. And uh, I feel for Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver was a great warrior. Like he's just one of those guys, like the ultimate old school bulldog pitchers that I really like that we don't see as much anymore. Like you know what I mean? That's from from that era. It's just. Uh, 
Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know what to say. That other with I, my thoughts and prayers are with the the Seavers, and it's a horrible thing. And uh, hopefully, his family will be there to support him. And Tom Seaver was an absolute stud when he pitched. Oh, he he was he was fantastic. I mean, he was uh, you know that long wind of his knee almost hitting the ground. Yeah. Uh, the pitching mound every yeah. time he threw that high rising fastball. I mean, I, I would think it's one of the biggest mistakes the Mets ever made when they uh, when they traded him. And he should have traded that icon. Uh, so I, I said I would believe that's what it is. So uh, like I said, uh, a shame. Just a, just a shame. He's, I mean, receiver's going to retire from public life. He will not be joining the Mets when they have their uh, their 50th year anniversary, celebrating the World Series team uh, this year. And uh, I just think it's a shame. You, and, and Tom C was a hero to a lot of players, uh, to a lot of people. You know, well, maybe probably a little bit older than me who really saw him pitch in his prime. So I think it's just a, it's always a shame when these things happen. And dementia, Alzheimer's, these are always terrible, terrible disease that affects uh, some uh, a lot of our senior citizens, including my grandmother who passed away from it. So um, I said the best to Tom Seaver and his family there. Me too. I know it's 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 a re- it's really tough there, George. Because yeah, I know a lot of people in my family. Uh, it's one of those things. It's a horrible thing. Like uh, the mind. It's just you know what I mean. And we're not knowing what's going on. It's horrible. I wish him. I wish him the best. It's been interesting for the Mets this week. They've kind of gone old school. Uh, they first they hire Mendoza uh, the, the, from Sunday Night Baseball, and they brought back a, a couple other pitchers too, Lighter and uh, who else was it to, to work in the org? It almost feels like the Mets are getting kind of uh, you know. We're the Mets. We're going to bring back some old, uh, you know, legends and and, and players who used to be with the team. The good vibes. They're kind of going back to the happier times when, you know, they were very, very competitive and bringing back a lot of those people to their front office. They made a lot of moves this week. Let me ask you a question. This is you bring you bring uh, you bring it up. I actually wanted to talk about this and I forgot about it. How would you you feel? (laughs) How do you feel, though, about, you know, uh, Jessica Mendoza, Alex Rodriguez, now CeCe Sabathia? You know, and there's other players yep. as well. They employed by a baseball team, but then they work for a TV station. Because I got news for you, man. Uh, I don't from like the it. Phil- I found the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't like it. I'm playing the New York Mets on an important game in August or whatever it might be, September. And Jessica Mendoza, who works for the Mets, but now the game is on ESPN, so I have to, uh, they, she wants access? No. No, and that goes the same for Alex Rodriguez, I, by the way, or anybody else. I agree uh, no, with you. you're not getting access. This is not happening. It has nothing to do with you being a woman or anything else. You're the fact that you're you're on the enemy. You're the enemy now. You work for the enemy, and you want me to give you access? I'm with no, you too, and it's, I, I just find it weird. It's like, oh, it won't it won't interrupt like with the regular duties, but you break down baseball. You talk to players. She does segments where you know what I mean. They talk about swings, this, that, or the other. I do. I do think it's a conflict of interest. You're working for you're working for the Mets and A Rod. You what you, you know you're working for the Yankees. I, I I think it's a problem. I actually I do think it's a problem. If I'm any other team there, I I don't like it at all. And they had a good thing going. Like she was very very she's very good at her job. You know they're. They, they do good work. I just don't. Th- I just don't think it is. Yes, George, it is a conflict of interest because they dig deep into things. It's not just talking about whatever. Like they're in there, they're talking to other people. I don't want. You're right. If it's me and Colonel Kurtz's team, I don't want these people around if they're on the other team. You you can't come in my clubhouse. You're not a I reporter. Agree. I mean, you work for the other side. If I'm the it's Boston Red Sox, I don't want Alex Rodriguez in my clubhouse. He works for the I Yankees. Know. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, know. exactly. It just it's doesn't make any crazy, sense to me. Right. I, 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 I their other jobs won't be affected. Well, yeah, if I'm the GM, nuts. it's not happening. I tell you, it's, it's that simple. It's, it's nothing against Alex Rodriguez, nothing against CC, nothing against Mendoza or these other players that do it. No, you're not until you retire. You're not allowed in. 
You know, you're just not. I'm not. We're not giving you st- inside information that you can then use against it. It's just. Like I said I think it's silly. You know, Alex Rodriguez will have more. Will have access to things that Brian Cashman never would. As a Yankee employee, it just uh, once again it makes no sense to me. So I just wanted to get your opinion on that. All right, we did promise some racing stuff, right? Yeah. So vroom, vroom. Uh, where's the Prince? Vroom, vroom. The prince. Sean, Prince. Where's our vroom, vroom? Prince. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> How you doing, Prince? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good, Prince. I was just going to ask you. I know we're going to probably break down on a real segment tomorrow with picks, but just give everyone uh, Liberty Finder and a couple other people on Twitter like their uh, uh, NASCAR. Why don't you break it down uh, for us this week, and uh, what are you looking at early in this race? Obviously, the big one's tomorrow, but uh, give us a a preview of what's happening in NASCAR. So as for what's happening in NASCAR, right now uh, there was a second practice session that wrapped up with Chris Buescher being – the one that held down the fastest lap of this first practice session. There is one more practice session that will be occurring later on today, which will give all of us fantasy players, especially daily-wise, a lot of crucial information in order to make our picks. But so far, early on, a lot of the usual suspects that you would expect from Phoenix are the ones that really watch. You know, Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch. Harvick, as we all know, he's the all-time wins leader at ISM Raceway, also known as Phoenix. And uh, then you have Kyle Busch, who was the most recent winner. Both of these guys have scored the 10 fastest consecutive lap averages within this last practice. And then you also have Kyle Larson over there, too, who's third in that statistic as well. And Larson is starting all the way from the back in the 31st position. So he's definitely going to be one to watch. And uh, for place differential purposes, I definitely would consider Larson. There's already a lot of storylines going on, but... Again, when we get into the real nitty-gritty of it tomorrow, there's going to be a lot more to cover. We're going to try to go through the whole field, but this is who I'm looking at so far. Yeah, I was looking at Larson. What are, what are you seeing there, Prince? It's like 7-1. to one. Is there any other uh, – obviously, we're, we'll do a whole picks thing tomorrow. Maybe you could put a DraftKings or a FanDuel lineup together, but uh, any other uh, long shots that are kind of on your radar? Maybe not to win, but to finish, uh, you know, top three, top five, top ten, something with a little bit of value out there for everybody? Uh, Chris Boucher, who was fastest of this uh, last practice session, is one of the guys that I'm looking at in order to have a real nice day tomorrow. He's been showcasing more experience. He's definitely had better equipment this season. There's just a lot to like. And then there's other drivers that have been showing pretty nice statistics out there, too. You got to think of Eric Almarola, who's been pretty good. He's off to a good start this season. And you also have to think of drivers like Alex Bowman, who have shown strong runs at, at Phoenix before. So these are some other guys that I'm liking so far. Yeah, your boy uh, Boucher. I think I, I'm seeing some stuff at like a, a hundred to one print. That uh, that could put a lot of lasagna in my freezer. <laughs> yeah, but he puts a lasagna in my belly. L- lasagna everywhere. <laughs> I want some lasagna. I love it. Yeah, I do. I, I, I know. Me and George, every time we get we get into the pick, we start thinking about uh, the food. Well, thanks, Prince. I appreciate that. Tomorrow we'll really break it down, though. Maybe a couple guys to win, a couple long shots, and a, and a daily fantasy uh, lineup, too, buddy. We appreciate it, man. Have a good one, friend. No problemo. Well, back to the board for me. That's right. Back behind Great the glass, is. you. 
the prince, the prince. Yeah, See, I was just going to say. We deliver. Uh, we deliver. We can. We deliver. Yeah, people ask for NASCAR, you know, some racing, and we give you, we give the people what they want. Yeah, today, we, Prince, we Prince, brought, up, Prince brought up a good point, though. Like today, after after another session, he'll really know what's going down. Like tomorrow, he'll we'll, we'll really break it down. It's early because things can happen, right? In the session, things can change. Some guys will surprise you. Some guys will disappoint. So, the Prince, being a very smart guy, will put all the information into his uh, super uh, brain computer, and we'll come up with uh, a nice little lineup and hopefully uh, some picks to win everybody some money too. George, and uh, right around the corner, we got more uh, baseball talk and stuff, and we haven't even talked about hockey yet today. It's a it's a bloody miracle <laughs> Michael Dano somewhere is like oh thank god thank god oh, I sent the email it's like yeah, well, yeah we're listening yeah, we'll go through the board but yeah we haven't talked about it. there's actually some big stories too but uh, we're going to talk some uh, fantasy baseball right George on the other side you're bringing on the big guns coming up on the show yes we're going to have Ian Khan from Rotowire he'll join us next to us discuss some fantasy baseball the wrath of Khan will join us right after this Cam Stewart George Hurts weekend fantasy update from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back, Weekend Fantasy Update. I'm George Curtis, Cam Stewart, little Radio Gaga from Queen. You know, it's funny. Yes. Uh, I like I like to play on my phone when people call me, and I have, they, everybody has a different uh, different song. And when Tony Sincata calls me, this is his song, Radio Gaga. Is it uh, really? Tony. Yeah, it is. A, it is. Good old Steve Shrimps. I, 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 that's the best. Listen, when, Cardano, when Cardano calls me, it's a. Uh, but Cardano called it's a uh, cable TV for by Weird Al cable. You know we have a cable channel, <laughs> nice. so uh, nice. I, I just like to be different. You know my brother's nickname is Rat, so it's round and round. Uh, the old Rat song. Nice. If you know wow. Music yeah, here, yeah. Man. I like your brother. I, I like we have some. Uh, we have some of the same affiliations. The drinking beer, coffee, like all sorts oh. of just mixing and matching and stuff like that. The stuff that people think are gross. Yeah, like I do the same thing. I'd like to meet your uh, Colonel Kurtz's brother uh, one day. He he sounds like a good guy. He's a great guy, but man, he he's just strange how he does things. I, I yeah, the BX that he'll he'll watch games by Neil. I like have a beautiful couch, but he'll kneel on the coffee table with his laptop. He'll have a, a spiral notebook of all his bets, and there'll be a lot of them on football Sundays. Mm-hmm. And there will be like five ten dollar bets he'll be checking off, and he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't care about who wins, loses. <laughs> Barely cares about his fantasy team. You know, just he just tells me, okay, go to the Green Bay game; they're going to score. You know, go to the Cardinals game; they're going. That's all I hear from him. He's like, here's the remote; you go to the damn game. You know, so it's uh, it's it's hilarious watching a game with him. And he'll he'll literally have a coffee, a chocolate shake, a soda, and a Corona. 
And he, and it's not like he drinks them one at a time. He drinks them all. You know, he'll first have a, a soda, then he'll have a coffee. It's like, what the hell? That's going to taste terrible. You know, then he's got to go take a smoke break, too. So, uh, yeah, he's a joy. Uh, big joy. All right. Uh, I believe, I believe we might have Ian Kahn from Rotowire. So, Ian Kahn, Rotowire, are you there, buddy? Kahn! Georgie. Hello, my friend. How are you today? <laughs> now, for those who don't, for those who don't know Ian, Ian and I play in a league together. Uh, that Rotowire league that I was talking about earlier, that's the one with the 40 man rosters. And Ian's a new participant this year. And Ian's the guy in your league where either you hate or you love, depending on uh, how you approach your leagues, because he does something that really no one does in leagues anymore. It's the, probably my, my saddest part about leagues, how leagues have changed, fantasy leagues in general, in every sport, by the way baseball, football, hockey, no one trades anymore. You know, people are always afraid. Because you know why they're afraid? Because they're afraid they're going to make a trade and talk to people like us, and we're going to criticize them on the show. But Ian, I, I don't know how many trades he's made, but I've talked to him on four or five days this week about trades. He's made an eleven-player trade, seven-player trades. He's been a lot of fun because wow. he'll trade that's and he'll old. talk trade, yeah, but he'll at least talk trade with you. So Ian, uh, I guess that's the kind of player you are. You're a throwback. You know, I know you're around our age, but you're a throwback to trading. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I made 11 trades in the last week. <laughs> He's, not kidding, One, two, He's not kidding, Cam. He's not kidding. I like guys like that. You're six, you're right, George. Seven. People don't do this stuff anymore. It's absolutely it's actually no. refreshing. I like guys. It's trade. great. Cool. It's absolutely great. I, now I've been refing hockey games all week, and I, I get the notice. You know, there's a trade in your league, and I say, uh, Ian, oh, shocking, it's Ian. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's a two-play. Oh, it's a small deal. It's only a one-for-one one trade for Ian this week. So, uh, I, and it's funny. When I first started talking to Ian, his team was more, yeah, it's, it's, once again, it's a heavy keeper league. We, so it's, you keep it year after year. His team was probably playing for next year, the year after that. And then after these trades, yeah. like, oh, now you, you're playing for this year. Now he's got one of the best teams. So he's done a great job. So I guess, uh, Ian, how do you go about trades? And, and once again, you're, you're age. You've been playing a long time. Have you seen that, I guess, certain teams, certain players, certain owners are friendlier to you? Or certain owners, you know, they don't want to trade. They just, you know, they, they brush you off. How do you approach that? How do you approach somebody where you want to make a deal, but they don't want to make a deal with you, even if your deal looks like it makes sense? No, everyone wants to make a trade. Everyone is open to a trade. You just have to find uh, the right opening to get there, right? So typically what I do is I'll reach out over the site and I will send them my phone number and I'll say, hey, do you want to text or hop on a quick call about a possible idea that I have? And then I'll get a text message back, typically pretty fast, saying, hey, yeah, totally, you're new, you're probably dumb. I would love to talk. They don't say you're probably dumb, but that's, I think that's the thought process. That's what they're thinking. You're probably dumb. Yeah. You're a fish. Right. That's great. Right. You're the fish. So they, we get on the phone, we get on text, and I say, hey, do you want to – you know, we go back and forth for a minute, and then I say, hey, if we hop on a call, we probably can get something done pretty quick. And they're like, oh, well, all right, yeah, sure. And then you get on the phone with somebody. And once you're on the telephone with somebody, you really can express where your team is at. And you can also speak with them about where their team is at. Um, and that's been my – that's what I do. So I speak to them, and I say, are you playing for now or are you playing for the future? If you're playing for now, I can help you because uh, I have some pieces. I did an expansion draft, really. So I – I had one of the, you know, sort of think Tampa Bay Rays circa 19 or 2004, whenever they came with it. It wasn't a very strong team, but I had a couple of interesting pieces to move. So what I did really was I sold Scherzer at $52 and got a load of prospects back. And then I sold um, Arenado at $52 
and got a load of prospects back. I then went to teams that are rebuilding, and I said, hey, I've got all these great prospects. Are you interested in them? And they say, well, I'm not sure if I'm playing for now or playing for later. Then on the telephone with them, you go through their team. And you say, well, if you look at it and look where you're at, it seems to me you can do whatever you want, but it seems to me there may be some value in you getting in early and getting some of these players and thinking about a rebuild. The sooner you do it, the better off you are. And they say, well, you know, that makes an awful lot of sense. And then it's about offering them enough for them to feel like it's a good deal for them to do. And that depends on different owners. Some owners will make a deal with you and you go, well, yeah, I'll do that in a minute. But that helps me. It helps you um, and really helps me a lot. I'm in. There are some times where you get into some negotiations. Nick Schlain, who is the two-time champion in this league, I was on the phone with him, I think it was Thursday, and I called him up. We finally connected, and he basically, we got on the phone. I said, hey, look, I'm looking at your team. You're the two-time champion, but you spend a lot of your, you're not going to win this year, are you? And he goes, no, I don't think so. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I said, well, if you make your move now, and he had a Mookie Betts on a really good contract, and he had uh, Edwin Diaz on a really good contract that were expiring at the end of this year. I say, you sell now, you get more than if you try to sell in May or June. And he goes, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And I said, so let's sell now. And so we made a deal that will serve both teams. And that's the key to it. Like, you can't go into deals saying, hey, I'm going to screw this guy um, and get better. No, you don't have to. You don't, you don't ever have to do that. You just need to understand the other person's point of view and where they're coming from and what they're trying to do. And then if you have enough pieces on your team to make that happen, there's always ability to be traded. Like I'm, I, I am absolutely competing for this year. I have a $44 Christian Yelich. I may be moving that $44 Christian Yelich because I have another team that really is competing too, has the space for the salary better than I do, and is going to give me some young pieces that I can then move for better salary players. So this is a, it's, it's extremely fun, and you get to know people. Like George and I have spoken on the phone. I joined this league 10 days ago. George and I have spoken on the phone in the last 10 days 12 times. And that's no joke. Wow. And we and and we've tried to make a deal. George and I have not made a deal because George is a tough, tough little, tough little negotiator. He is. But he's we, Colonel Kurtz, oh. and he's uh, he's he's not easy. <laughs> uh, he, George won't get fleeced. He's a very sharp no, guy. He is. He's a very sharp guy. I call him Kurtzy. I don't know. I was I wasn't sure if I was going to go there, but hey, Kurtzy, how you doing, buddy? Um, hey, Kurtz. And, uh, and Kurtz, how you doing? You know, talk about. But so George, I enjoy talking with George also, though, a lot because he's a very expressive guy. He's a lot of fun on the phone and he's smart about the game. He's like, you know, what you just did was crazy. I can't believe you pulled that crap off. How did you do that? And it's really about, like I said, finding what the other person's perspective is and, and filling their needs. And then your team gets better. Yeah, yeah, he is very, just the very, very one thing smart, with talking see? with trade. Uh, if, if I'm going to talk uh, trade with Cam, I'm going to look at Cam's team. Make sure what I'm offering he needs. I don't want to offer, oh, Cam's got three first basemen, and they're all great. Why should I offer Cam another first baseman? He's going to tell me, no, I just wasted my time. So I think, Ian, you bring up a great point there as far as looking at the other team, knowing what they need. It makes things uh, go a lot smoother. And get on the phone the with people. By, Once you get on the phone, go, I'm sorry, Curtsy, but get, get on the phone with people. They'll tell you what they need. They'll tell you what they want. The reason I haven't made a trade with Ian, by the way, is I have a middling team. And uh, I'm on the cusp here of uh, uh, do I go for it or do I not? It's just uh, – and it's funny. I was uh, I almost made a deal, I think, with Nick Schlain as well, by the way. Funny his name comes up twice. Uh, he has Zach Wheeler at 16, Cam. And I was uh, I was thinking Ooh. about trading him Brett Honeywell. I was my minor leaguer, so uh, to, to go for it this season. And then before I consummated that deal, Ian, the bastard, made another deal. I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, I see this deal. I'm like, I can't, I, I can't catch Ian now. And I know there's uh, at least another team or two that's better than mine in there. So I, I sort of pulled back 
on that deal because I think uh, I'm going to have to readjust my thinking in this league. All right, Ian. But that's smart. George, wait, let me make one last point. What you did was smart because I broke Schlain, right? I broke him down to say, okay, I'm going to rebuild, which I don't mean break him like, you know, screwed him. But, like, he made it, he made a shift. And he went from saying, all right, I'm competing to, all right, now I'm rebuilding. That's when I try to step in. When I see somebody make a move like that, because that's a perfect time to step in and try to get the deal done. Because they're already moving in that direction. Good time. You know, once the train is already moving, it's the perfect time to hop on. I'll shut up. Oh, it is. You're, you're right, though. You're absolutely right. you got to have no one to hit somebody up when they're uh, willing to make a move. But anyway, uh, what are your thoughts? We've talked about the early, Cam and I talked about these players earlier in the show. Severino. Okay. Kershaw. In our standard, a regular draft, redraft, you know, not keep a league, not a dynasty league, anything like that. Are okay. these players on your board? When are you when are you willing to take a Severino or a Kershaw right now? I'm not exactly sure what the diagnosis on Severino is. Shoulders are challenging as hell. Um, I don't I haven't read the latest on Severino. When it comes to Kershaw, I can speak to it. You know, if he's dropping in let's say I play mostly fifteen team leagues. So if he drops to the tenth round I might pop him there, right? I don't think he's going to fall that far. But before that, you're much better off. I like a great question would be Tyler Glass now or Clayton Kershaw, right? Because I'm taking I'm taking Glass now at 150. I'm taking Glass now in that area. I would take Glass now ahead of Kershaw because you just don't know what's going to happen with the guy. You're going to end up getting 120 innings. His his velocity is down. It, the back problem is causing all these other problems. I'm not. I'm not reaching for Clayton. Let's put it that way. Yeah. No, George. See, this is what. It, and also, too, I, I really like your strategy earlier. Basically, you're saying, you know what? I'll give you. I'll give you this stud. I'll give you this, and you're going to stockpile a bunch of picks. And you know what, Ian? One of those picks is going to work out, and then you 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 get some nice advantage there. Like you're willing to say, you know what? I'm going to give you a stud. I'm going to stockpile, and you know. After that, you got some ammunition if some of these guys work out. It's actually a great way to be because people will salivate when they get a guy like Arenado or somebody like that. It's it's a very good strategy. You're just you're you're building it and building it, and out of those extra guys that you get, a few of them are really going to pan out. Then you're on fire. Yeah, that's right. And and then you can move them. So I I traded the the Arenado deal is is informative. I got Joe Adele and the first overall pick in the first year player draft, which George will tell you is a powerful pick to have. So I, Joe Adele is, as we know, one of the top prospects in baseball. I then flipped just Adele, basically. I mean, there was a, another couple of little pieces in here and got the Diaz on a great contract for this year, Mookie Betts on a great contract for this year, Escobar, Eduardo Escobar on a great contract, and Eduardo Rodriguez, who I'll get to keep for two years. And I gave up Adele and Florial and a couple of other smaller pieces. But that's what, when you get those prospects – the upside on them is so huge, especially in a league like this. Once the draft is done, you can trade those prospects and your salary cap goes up by $100. I'm going to use those prospects that I've gotten. I also have the first pick in the draft, the third pick in the draft, and the eighth pick in the draft. I'm going to draft those prospects and pretty quickly after the draft, move those for players that will fit into my salary structure. Very exciting. Super fun. Yeah, Ian's made it fun. And by the way, Ian, I won't be home today. Today's a non-sports day, so no phone calls. Uh, All right, no phone calls. Non-sports day. No, no such thing, Kurtz. Come on. Hey, you already agreed with me that this was the deal I should make you to get my free food. Yeah, you do get. Yeah, if you get a steak dinner out of it, I guess. But uh, you know me, George. I can't. I can't go a day without gambling or playing DFS. It's just not in my. George, I'm going to call you. I'll call you. I'm going to call you and test you. I'm just going to call you. And the, the phone's going to ring. Who can it be now? And you got no. crap at the end again. 
Yeah, speaking of fun, when people call me the ringback is who can it be now? So uh, I, I like my music. Nice. I do. Uh, Ian, we're, uh, we've got a couple of minutes left here. Uh, we talked about Craig Kimbrell earlier. Now, closes are always tough anyway. Once again, redraft. Yeah. Hey, I guess I'll ask you two questions here. Where, where do you think he's going to end up? You know, I'll give your opinion on this. And in a draft, when do you think he's worth taking right now? Assuming when, this, when your draft happens, he still hasn't signed with somebody. Yeah, it's complicated. Um, in TGFBI, which is the uh, the great fantasy baseball invitational, I ended up taking uh, Kimbrel last week um, as I think the fifth closer off the board. Um, because look, when it comes to closers, I, I come from the the direction of there's ten of them or there's eleven of them, and if you're not getting those guys, don't get yourself a closer. Don't spend on it because you, then it's all because in five minutes, Trevor May is the guy, but Trevor May is going to lose that job, right? So you're not going to want to spend an 18th round pick on Trevor May. And especially in leagues where there is fab running or, you know, waivers, there are going to be new closers every week. Um, that being said, I think I'm going to, I'm going to throw my little idea out there. I'm going to say Craig Kimbrell goes to the Atlanta Braves on a three year, $63 million contract. How about that? Three years, 63. Wow. They're a nice wow. guy there. I, I, I think Atlanta's an option. I think he's going to the National League East. I've said that already. That's where I think he's going, Cam. But I don't think uh, I don't think, I don't think he can get that amount of money. Why hasn't he signed already? I mean, it's just because it's, there, he, there, there are offers on the table. He just doesn't want to take them, and he's going to have to. Nobody should nobody should be giving him a five year deal with how he was looking at the end of last season. He looked lost, especially in the playoffs. I mean, he couldn't find the plate, and you don't want to put a five year. $80 million. So maybe I'm overstating it. But I will say, I think he's going to get 15 to $20 million on a short-term contract. And I think he will get he, – he will sign. Yeah. I think he's going back to Atlanta. Back to Atlanta. Atlanta, maybe, maybe the Nationals. Maybe the Nationals. But I think with Minter's shoulder injury and Vizcaino, who knows with Vizcaino. I, I think the, the Braves are ready to compete this year. And they have to in that division now. Agreed. I agree. I, th- I think the National League is the best division in baseball, and I love all the moves they've made. That's why I think that's why I think Kimball's going there uh, in the National League because I think these teams are going to keep uh, keep loading up for each other. They keep loading up yeah. the other to, uh, the other uh, people down. So Ian, listen, it's been great to have you here. Let us know where we can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. My fantasy baseball account on Twitter is iancon four. Um, so it's I A N K A H N. The number before, that's where I do all my fantasy baseball Twitter stuff from. Um, and you can, listen, if you're not a RotoWire subscriber, I think it's a, a wonderful investment, not because of me, though I'm part of it. Uh, but you get James Anderson's prospects um, evaluation, which to me are the best in the business. You have Clay Link, who was the champion of 2018 in every way. Um, Jeff Erickson, Derek Van Riper, Todd Zola. And I, what I do for them is I do the dynasty rankings. Um, and trades. I mean, that's sort of my expertise is dynasty rankings and trades. Absolutely. Hey, it's been a joy to have you here, buddy. Good luck in that Rotowire League. Unless we're up against each other here, they're not yeah, so good exactly. luck there. Until you meet right. me. I will. Georgie, I'm calling you later tonight. We can talk a trade, okay? <laughs> it's like when you're in poker and you're all in. Oh, yeah, good luck, Ian. I hope you eliminate me. Screw you. Eat crap and die. <laughs> You know, I never see it. Good, good luck, buddy. I want you to send me home uh, losing here. Ian, it's been a joy. Uh, good luck. We'll right, talk bye, to you again. It was fun. Have a great day, Ian. Have a great day. Bye now. All right. That was it's Ian Conover. I like that guys who are movers and shakers. No, it's just 
that's the problem. Like people would... in these things, they get boring. I, I, I'm actually, I hate it in the football. People offer like fair draft deals. No, 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 no. Like you're so programmed to say no because you think you're getting fleeced. It's nice when you have people that actually open things up and you know you can make a deal. It's the way it should be. Now he's been a lot of fun to talk to uh, on traps. He's been fair and he gives a, a lot of ideas. Weekend fantasy upstate. Cam Stewart, George, because we're back for our final segment right after this. And my wife's home with the haircut. Oh, no. Uh-oh. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Listen, we're gamblers. We have to worry. Right, that's yeah, part I, of I, was, uh, I was all excited, George. I, I got this uh, basketball game. I told you, uh, Marenzi didn't really like my pick, but I, I'm very weird with the uh, like contrarian. It's usually it works, but I got Auburn plus three. Uh, they were down like 10, 11. Then they took a six point lead. It's like been a real roller coaster ride, but they're up 72 69 with 229 left. I'm like, end this damn basketball game. I got them on the money line, too. That'd be a really nice score. Yep, 74 72. We got uh, Clemson up on Syracuse 52 to 47. Villanova and Seton Hall. Seton Hall, good performance. Remember, Seton Hall came back and beat Marquette guys, and now they're up 61 53 against Villanova. They can really put a stamp on. They're already in the tournament now, but but this will be definitely like stamped, signed, sealed, and delivered. And woof, 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 Wolford, Wofford, 97 over a Virginia military, 97 to 70. And South Carolina up on Georgia, 36-21. Lots of college basketball action today. Come on, Auburn Tigers, George. Really need to build that account. I need some lasagna monies. I want to go get some good food at the grocery store. No more ramen noodles and tuna. Upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. All right, a couple of news and notes. Martin Maldonado was signed with Kansas City to pretty much replace uh, Salvador Perez, who's out for the season. And Dwayne Allen signs with Miami. The Miami Dolphins signed Dwayne Allen. I'm sure he'll make a huge difference there. And uh, anyone want to guess what Bryce Harper's walk-up song in his first at-bat was for the Philadelphia Phillies? Anyone? Anyone? (sighs) You'll never get it, but it makes some sense. No, I I'm not what is it? If you watch the show, his walk-up song was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, he's from Philadelphia. Back into Philadelphia, born and raised. Uh, yeah. the playground. It's most of my most days. Most of my days. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Good for him. So uh, that was it. That's, that's pretty Who's good. Winning? I kind of like that. Uh, I have no Did idea. Did they score? They score the game. Yeah, I told you, I bet uh, on the Phillies today, George. I'm crazy. Oh, you, like, I'm betting oh, you bet on a spring training back. game. Yes, I did. I've never never done that. Have you seen the Phillies lineup? Hey, they're up 2 nothing at the bottom of first. Maybe I'm on to something. Should have just bet a first oh. inning, for God's sakes. Yeah, 2-0. <laughs> bottom of, no outs either. No outs. The Blue Jays getting shelled. It's gonna, we're going to hear a lot of that this year, George. Yes. A lot this year. This will not be the last time you say <laughs> the Blue Jays are getting shelled. Not at yes, all. Yes. So uh, go I go, know. Cam and the Phillies. Go, Cam and the – 2-1 now. 2-1. Yeah. Oh, no. 2-1. What happened here? 2-1. Yep, uh, Blue Jays just scored. 
So back and forth. We'll see how forth. that goes. Is there, is there any better feeling though, Cam, than when uh, you win you win your first game? You know, you feel, oh, I'm already plus money. I always love that. You know, it's uh, already plus yeah, money. That's, uh, it's it's, it's yeah. a good start of the day. It is like I got. That's why I, I like these noon basketball games. Like I, I look at Tennessee; they're ranked Auburn. I think I also look at the situation. If they would get a win in their conference tournament, they get a double buy. It's more important for them. Whereas Tennessee, everyone knows that the Volunteers are one of the best teams in the nation. But that's why I'm looking at situational spots here. But yes, I win that first game of the year. I'm re- uh, first game of the day. I'm like, okay, I got bankroll now. I can start to do some things. And for me, I tend to put some more parlays together. I could look at potential round robins when I lose my first game or two of the day it really puts a sour uh, taste in your mouth and you're kind of scrambling for the rest of the day it's psychological it messes with your brain all right uh i wasn't going to talk uh i was really going to go to a different subject here but i think we should point this out i'm looking at uh a picture of bryce harper's first at bat the toronto blue jays uh, went with four outfielders yeah i know literally, <laughs> yeah. and only and there's no there's literally nobody on the left side of the infield no third baseman no shortstop the closest person would be i guess the shortstop playing looks like 15 20 feet from second base on the right side he could he could literally bunt and get a double literally it would be easy i mean uh one of those proposed rule changes for people who aren't listening the independent league that's like the long island uh, ducks and teams like that the uh, independent league one of the pros rule changes is no more shifts. No more shifts. They want to have robot umps for the uh, calling balls and strikes. Yep. They want to move the pitching mound, the pitching rubber back two feet. It would be 62 feet, six inches. Uh, three batter minimum for relievers. And uh, no mound visits. No one bigger bases for any, anybody who cares about that. Right now, base of 15 inches, they want to make them 18 inches. Uh, I'm not so sure what the purpose of that is, but uh, that's that's the uh, the rules on the, on the consideration in the Atlantic League. Uh, this is wild. I've never seen uh, four outfielders in this sense here. Bryce Harper, I'm, that's not – he could literally bunt down a third base line and get a double. And there's nobody there. The, out, the left fielder is playing 10 feet from the track in left center. So this is this is wild here. I want, do you think teams would do this in the regular season? Yeah. I'd bunt. Yes. yes. I would seriously bunt. Yeah. I'll take a double. Yeah, force them. Yeah, well, force them to. Force them to, right? Like, if you're going to do it, lay it down. No, that's the thing. I, the, the Blue Jays must have been saying, hey, this is this is what we do. When this guy is up, the percentages say this, so we're going to do this. And, yeah, and if you're a player, and if you're going to give me something, George, I'm going to take it. I'll take Hard it. Enough. When you're when you're when, when baseball success three out of ten times, you're hitting 300, you want to get me on base? I'll get on base. That, I'm sorry. That's exactly what I would do. If they offered me that, I would definitely take it. Plus, all these people who, you know, bitch and moan and whine about the shift. If he were to do this a couple of times, especially in spring training when it really doesn't matter, guess what? That shift won't happen anymore because teams aren't going to give up a single or a double you know, for free. I mean, literally, if he put the ball down, if he put the ball any kind of hard down the third base line, it'll, it'll be an easy double. He wouldn't even have to run hard. So this is, I, it's, it's rare that we see four outfielders. I can only think of this maybe another time or two I've seen it in baseball. And uh, this this is strange. I understand people don't like the shift, but in my mind, as for a major league batter, if you can't just go the other way, or in this case, literally bunt the ball for a free hit. Uh, yeah. And I understand Bryce Harper not doing it now because he's probably trying to get his timing down. And maybe that's why the Blue Jays are doing yeah. it too because they know he's not going to try because the games are meaningless. Good. And he has to get his timing down. But uh, this is uh, strange. 
strange that you would see, uh, like I said, four outfielders, three guys on the right side here. All right, let's get our uh, picks in. You got your DFS line? Yeah, yeah, let's get the bets in. Hey, George, what are you going to do? Uh, what do you, I was just going to ask you an opinion. I have some picks for uh, for hockey, and I'm looking at the college board for later. I haven't pulled the trigger, but uh, laying 170 with Colorado against Buffalo, that seems a, a little bit steep. Uh, uh, what do you think about the, the board today? Have you looked at it, and uh, what's kind of can't tickle your fancy? I know you can't bet when you go to see your buddies, but who says you can't before you go to see them? That's your business. <laughs> That's right. They'll never know unless they're listening, and then they'll they'll know. Now the U.S. getting yeah, away. They, Thanks, Cam. You know, uh, Colorado just lost uh, Gabriel Landeskog, the captain. Uh, maybe the third best player on the team, or third best scorer on the team behind Ranton and McKinnon. He's out four to six weeks, which means, for all intents and purposes, he's out for he's out for the season. He's done uh, with an upper body injury there. I think that hurts here. I think that line is steep, as you said. I don't trust Buffalo. I don't. So I'm not touching this game. But if I were, I'd go with the Sabers. One other question. Uh, revenge spot. Uh, the last time the Islanders played Philadelphia, Philadelphia walked in there and kicked their ass. The Islanders had a flu. This is a 7.05 start. Islanders laying 45, 50 cents. What do you think? Uh, revenge spot, George? Pull the trigger. Is that uh, low enough for you, or uh, do you see value with the Flyers? I see value with the Flyers. The Islanders won uh, coming off back-to-back wins versus Ottawa. Neither was impressive. I mean, they, they beat Ottawa in a shootout on Tuesday and the game on Thursday. It looks like, you know, I've been saying it for a while. I think the Islanders have been doing it with Miras all season. More Barry Trotz getting every little ounce of talent out of his team that he could. And I think those Miras starting to crack now. I think they're starting to crack. So I think the Flyers, were, you know, they're playing hot, playing well. Uh, Brian Elliott, I believe, is in net today for the Flyers. But not that I, uh, I'm not worried if they activate uh, Carter Hart either. I think the Islanders, uh, I think they're in trouble. I think they're in trouble here. Uh, give me Brian Elliott. No Robin Leonard today for the Islanders. He's still not skating after getting barrel rolled by Matthew Kachuk of the centers the other day on when he was meh, may or may not have been pushed by Brock Nelson. <laughs> I was actually looking at it. Yeah, I think Philadelphia is going to make the card at uh, plus 130. That's uh They've been playing a little little bit better. What do you think about I, – I have, I have an angle too, George, before I get to my DFS lineup. Carolina, I was on the Jets last night. We didn't expect uh, uh, Carolina to get their asses kicked in their building like that. Uh, the jerks played like jerks last night for the first time, but now on a back-to-back getting 35 cents in Nashville. I think I'm going to pull the trigger. The game was so bad. I expect Carolina to come out get like gangbusters tonight. What do you think? Uh, is it enough for you to pull the trigger, or are you going to pass on uh, Carolina-Nashville? Well, if you're going to lose, lose big, right? Lost 8-1 to the Jets yep. last night. So uh, I kind of agree with it because this game is much more important to Nashville than it is, uh, to, I'm sorry, to Carolina than it is to Nashville. But playing on back to back against the rested team, it's hard for me to trust that. I do think that Carolina has much more going for them. I think they'll be more up for the game than Nashville, but I'm not touching this. I just, I don't, I, it's rare, Cam, that you'll ever see me bet a team playing back to back games. Against a team that has not playing back-to-back games, I just I don't trust it. So I'm I'm passing. Yeah, it's uh, I'm on Carolina. I I I'm just, I just can't pass that up, George. Another one uh, tonight. Arizona was off that loss. Uh, they didn't play really well when the Ducks beat them. I think it might be a big uh, bounce back spot tonight. What do you What do you think about uh, the Desert Dogs? Uh, they're laying seventy five eighty cents against the Kings. I think uh, maybe a parlay there that'll be put in. It's a little bit ju- the juice is high, but I like them to win. And I really like what the Dallas Stars are doing. They blamed Colorado. Now they're at home. 
home against Chicago. Um, superior team. These are the type of games they could lose, but I think the Stars are kind of getting their act together, uh, laying 70 cents. Those are games uh, on my radar, as well as Toronto and Edmonton. I think Toronto, after losing to Vancouver, might be in an ill mood tonight uh, after pissing away a two-goal lead and losing to the Canucks. What, what's your take on the board? That what, what sticks out to Colonel Kurtz? All right, first, again, like you mentioned, King Coyotes, the over-under is five. Five! Yeah, that's I got to go over. I got to go over. I don't have a yeah. choice. I just, I have to go over. Uh, I think, to me, that's just on principle. I, I, I just have to. So I don't really trust the game all that much, although I think the Coyotes, once again, they should win. They've been playing somewhat well. Uh, but I, I'm going, uh, I'm taking the over here of the five. Dallas, uh, Ben Bishop, uh, back-to-back shutouts, playing very well. Blackhawks can score some goals. I think I was thinking about taking the over here, too. I was hoping it'd be six and a half. The side I'm looking on has it at seven. I'm going to look for six and a half. Uh, but I like the Stars to win this game as well. Toronto and Edmonton, Edmonton's playing well also. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to t- touch this game. but once Maybe again, the over. I, it's the over-under that I like. Yes, I like the over as well, six and a half. I mean, is anybody shocked this game is 6-4? I mean, neither one of these teams can play any defense. Yeah, and the goaltending, you never know what you're going to get from either team either. And it's in Edmonton, which I think is good for the over-under because Edmonton will score some goals there. So I'm going over for this guy. I sort of like the over-unders tonight more than I like the uh, games itself with the exception. Listen, I don't know if I'd have the Stones. <laughs> minus 480, Boston. They're going to beat the Senators. But minus 480, and you, you and I talked on the break, there's some injury problems for Boston there. So, you know, there could be some issues there. But, uh, I mean, Boston has points, what, in 19 straight games now? Anyone really see Ottawa breaking that streak? Here it is, George. I got one more thing. I said this before. Columbus is playing Pittsburgh again. They have been horrible. They didn't score a goal the last time. They're minus 145 at home. What the hell is going on here? Like, do are they going to win a game again? Like, do I take Pittsburgh at plus 125? This is nuts. Like, I they're, they're just, it's just, they keep on coming out as favorites. I'm losing my mind. I think they actually might win tonight, but what do you do? Like, see, George, that's the difference between me and you. You could stay away. You got more uh, discipline. Like, I, I can't take these turkeys, can I? Well, Pittsburgh, Columbus, what, you, what, what are you thinking? Now, this, they, uh, they played each other the other night. Pittsburgh won, and I think it was 3 nothing offhand. 2 uh, nothing, like 2 nothing, 3 nothing. Two, yeah, it was, right. it, it was shut out. score. I know that. <laughs> it's, you know, I think Gabe, you know, Gabe mentioned this about uh, basketball teams, about how hard it's uh, just to put a great player in the middle of a lineup and assuming they're going to play great. I think it's what we're seeing here with Columbus. They added a lot of players at the trade deadline. Yeah. A lot of players. And I think they're just, they're just not meshing yet. And if they don't mesh real soon, they can worry about meshing next season. Because they've got some issues here. I was surprised the other night, Cam. Remember, one of the players they acquired at the deadline was Kincaid from the Devils. You know, goal, goaltender. Kincaid has been a penguin killer. And if you're going to sit Bobrovsky, which they did. They sat Bobrovsky the other night. Why did you go with Kincaid? Isn't this why you acquired him to be that penguin killer? And then you sat. I mean, it's just strange. I'm just kidding, they didn't score any goals, so maybe it wouldn't have mattered. But I was like, that didn't make any sense to me. Bobrovsky is back in net tonight. Columbus has to win. They just have to win. I mean, they're out of a playoff spot right now. You know, but they do have two games in hand on Montreal, who's only uh, two points ahead, a game ahead. So they have to win. Their schedule coming up is brutal, Columbus. They, have, they play nothing but, for the next two weeks, top teams. They have to win this game. I don't think they do, but they have to win this game. Bottom line is it's important to Pittsburgh as well. And Pittsburgh is only four, four points behind the Islanders. And the uh, same amount of games played there. And I think Pittsburgh wants that home ice advantage in the first round. No one wants to play the Islanders uh, in that Coliseum in the first round. That building's going to be rocking here. I'm not touching it or, or the over I don't trust this game all the way around. But if I had to, it would be Pittsburgh. I, just, I, I don't see how anybody has any confidence in Columbus right now. 
Yeah, no, I know. I just, I, I'm just waiting for the spot, and it almost—it's just weird. The line—it's just the line is playing mental gymnastics with me. It's just like I thought it would be about a buck twenty. It's a 140, 145. I gotta believe they show up eventually. It was a really tight game against Pittsburgh. They just didn't score. But you know what, George? You could—I I don't live in Long Island. I say put put your fist through the radio and punch me. But I think Columbus is going to be on my card. And if they don't win, I want you to. Uh, like bring me out on the air tomorrow and call me a turkey and an idiot because I, I'd like you to actually give me a speech. But I'm going back to them. I think it's a must-win game tonight. Like must-win. Before it was uh, like dangerous. Now it's must, must, must win. Like they have to win. I'm, I'm in. Oh, my wife is now teasing me with pictures of her hair. I love this. Hey, uh, there we go. Look. Where's the Bad rest family. of the wig? Where's it going? She literally cut off about two feet. My God. Okay, uh, now that my, yeah, she her hair is right about uh, about the bottom of her ears from the looks of it uh, now, where it was oh, literally yeah. down past her waist. So, Short and uh, sassy wow. Dorothy Hamill, the bob cut. Yes, pretty much. I guess that's called the bob. I don't know. What do I know about hair? All right, yeah, I'm just I happy I still have some. I got, I got, I got, I got the Colonel Kurtz look. Yeah, I go, I go real low, uh, George. I got uh, my here. Asian hairdresser, eight eight dollars. I gave her fifty. Oh, I gave her fifteen dollars. I think I won the lottery there. Like eight dollar haircut. Robert like, Kraft. I go in there. There's me. There yeah, can be a little Robert Kraft thing happening there. <laughs> I, I do mind myself, which probably yeah. some things. She brings as well. her kid in I'll there too. So no, there's no there's no Robert Kraft going on there. But it's a very 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 exceptional value for if you get it's actually a good eight dollar haircut too. So I go back, uh, George. Uh, I got some guys, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get my whole lineup tonight. But guys that I like from a DFS perspective, David Krejci. Dirt cheap at 5,700 for Boston and a great matchup against Ottawa. Uh, if you're looking for a bottom of the barrel guy, Connor Brown for Toronto getting power play time, 2,800. He's in the bargain bin. And I think I'm going to ride Radulov as a top tier guy. Dallas at home to Chicago at 7,500. Uh, I like those plays. Yeah, Radulov coming off the hat trick. He got benched earlier in the week uh, for whatever disciplinary reasons or, uh, you know, to wake his, uh, wake his butt up. And then he comes back and yeah. has a hat trick. you, you got to love that as a coach, man. You bench a player and then boom, they respond right away. That has to make you feel good. Yeah, hey, I do know what I'm doing. Uh, look at that. So that was fantastic here. So once again. It's been the weekend fantasy update. We want to thank Ian Conn of Rotowire for joining us. We want to thank Sean Engel yep. for providing us uh, some NASCAR. And Sean will do this again tomorrow for us to uh, get us ready for the big race. And uh, we, we'll be back tomorrow, Cam. We are uh, obligated yep. to come back tomorrow, talk some more sports. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Quick picks. Cam Stewart. Quick picks, George. Toronto, Toronto over, Carolina plus 130, Dallas Moneyline, Arizona, Coyotes, Philadelphia plus 130, and Columbus because I'm a stooge. Also in college basketball, Northern <laughs> Iowa Moneyline. May the winners be yours, Colonel Kurtz. Weekend fantasy update. Cam Stewart and George Kurtz. We're back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. Have a great Ooh. Saturday, everybody. You too, buddy.